This is the Nearside Low Podcast, brought to you by Missouri Water Polo. For all highlights, scores, and updates, please visit www.mowaterpolo.com. All right, we're here with the uh, Nearside Low Podcast. I think we're on to episode number seven. Yep. All right. Um, and as we always like to start off, I'm uh, your host, Charlie, and my co-host is Ray. Um, and we always start out with our old question of the week. And if you remember, um, it really wasn't anything we wanted you to go vote on, but we were hoping to, to garner some interest and get a Snapchat filter um, or a couple filters sent to us. Um, and luckily we did. Um, and we're planning on voting on that this week. And so I'm going to let um, Ray talk about the filters that he got and how we're going to kind of go about turning that into our question of the week this week. Hit it, Ray. Yeah, so uh, thanks for the submissions that were sent in. We ended up getting three. Uh, one was sent in by Alice Figueres, who uh, did a really nice job playing for Slap this year. And then two were sent in by uh, Jacob Linton from Parkway Central. I think uh, Kazu informed him about the contest, and uh, Jacob sent in two filters. So all three filters look awesome. I know I'm a little biased here, but you often hear that water polo players are some of the more talented and intelligent players um, among different sports, and I think uh, this contest definitely uh, lends credit to that to that comment. I mean, these filters are awesome. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to post them on the website, and if you can go out and vote, pick your favorite one. Um, as I said, all three are awesome, but pick your favorite one, and depending on the how the results of the votes, we'll definitely give the, put the top vote getter um, out uh, as the Snapchat filter for the Recplex on Saturday, May 13, for the state championship in the third place game. Uh, but depending on the votes and what we see, we might try and get one of the other filters uh, for an earlier round uh, as well. So go out to Missouri Water Polo vote, pick your favorite filter. But once again, thanks to Jacob and Alex. Uh, for sending those in. And so I just want to clarify, Ray, for some of our listeners that might not know much about Snapchat. Uh, it is an app where you can take photos and you can add what we call a filter over it. And so um, the filter is going to be basically what these young men have designed. Is that right? And we can pay Snapchat to get the filter put on their app for a 24-hour period. Is that right? Uh, right. We'll, we'll, we'll put a five-hour hour period um, for when the games are going on. Um, but yeah, just just labels the photo. So if you send it to somebody else, um, they know where you're at or what what special event you're at. Right. And so you know we're obviously going to go ahead with this. So we would hope that uh, folks, when you're out at the games, that those of you that do use Snapchat, use the filter as much as possible because we want to we want to kind of showcase uh, the artwork that we got and and garner some interest for the uh, the state championship series. So all right. So that concludes our. Uh, Question of the week, and then we like to jump into our fast break forum. Um, last week, we asked you guys to get on there and talk a little bit about uh, player of the year, offensive player of the year, female player of the year, defensive player of the year awards. Um, and to be honest, we got quite a bit of uh, we got quite a bit of interest, and uh, we got some good responses. There was the occasional uh, <laughs> kind of goofy response, which uh, I guess you know is pretty standard for uh, the internet. Um, but um, we uh, we thought they were good. There was a lot of statistics and data to back up what people were saying, very well-reasoned arguments, um, and then it kind of morphed into, obviously we had the seed meeting the other day, and so it kind of morphed into, again, well-reasoned discussion with, with statistics backing stuff up. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I think over the past week, I mean, we've... <laughs> 
the number of posts on the forum have definitely gone up a lot. So uh, thanks for going out there and posting. And as Coach just said, I mean, we, we like the posts that are talking uh, positively about different things and also backing up arguments with uh, different facts and data. So, um, yeah, thanks for going out there. And it's always good to see people having well-reasoned arguments about water polo. Uh, and so that leads us into, you know, maybe our, the next topic of discussion. It probably would have been brought up even without us mentioning it. But uh, Thursday morning, um, it sounds like the all-conference selections will be released. We're not sure how that's going to work. We're guessing it will probably be in an email format. Eventually, it will be posted online. Um, and so I'm sure that will be the next kind of hot topic of discussion for um, the Fast Break Forum. And again, we urge and stress to you that you will be, you know, obviously the conference teams are made up of 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old um, young men and women. So be appropriate with responses, stay positive, um, and, and don't be critical. Um, so, uh, we, you know, we feel like that's probably be the next topic of discussion. So get on there and, and tell us your thoughts on, on who got voted where. Um, and so that moves us into, let's see, it looks like we're going to, we had a huge, huge weekend of water polo this past weekend. Um, it's always, uh, you know, we talked to Coach Butler last week. It's always so much fun to, to roll into the Lindbergh invite. Um, number one, you know it's going to be a well-run tournament. Number two, you know you're going to get some competitive games. Um, and number three, because of those competitive games, you know you're going to get uh, prepared for uh, this weekend, which obviously is the district tournament. So uh, I'm going to let Ray touch on a little bit. Um, you got anything you want to add as far as the invite goes? Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's always a great tournament. Coach, but Coach Butler does a great job of running it. Um, the Lindbergh kids, as well as some of the other adults that help with the tournament, always do a great job. It, it's one of, one of the tournaments where clock issues are, are rare, um, just because they always do a great job working the clock and running the books and stuff. So, uh Thanks for a great weekend. I thought the polo as well shaped up to be a great, great weekend of games. Yeah, definitely. So um, for all scores and stuff that you, if you're looking for every score of every game, definitely visit mowaterpolo.com. Um, we were going to highlight three of the games. Um, they were the fifth place, the third place, and the championship game. Um, one I was involved in and the other two I was watching. Um, and I think Ray was involved in one and he was watching the other two. So uh, I'm going to touch on DeSmet and West. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, it was an interesting game. I think we went up actually six to one. Um, came out hard, pressed hard, um, ran out of gas, and Desmet. Uh, I'll give it to them; they hung in there um, just like they did at the Desmet invite, and they slowly creeped back in it. Um, and it was kind of back and forth. Ended up, I think, tying it. Um, we ended up having to go into overtime, and Lindbergh has the same overtime rules as the Dismet Invitational. So it's golden goal, which means basically sudden death, and you drop a player each um, each overtime. So we ended up playing five on five, uh, a little bit of a scrum, and it turned into a two on one with probably arguably Dismet's best players matched up against one of my better defenders and. Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't materialize well, so congratulations to them um, for their overtime loss. Um, it looks like um, it could potentially shape up for a fourth round if we can get by um, whoever we play in the first round and Desmet can get by whoever they play in the first round. We got another potential shot at, at meeting each other, which I don't know, fourth time's a charm, so uh, we'll see. Right, yeah, I mean, great game as you just said. Um, I know Parkman West um, already, already missing one of their better players due to injury um and then um one of their other better player who was who was in the game ended up getting three ejections which definitely hurt them later on but uh, great to see i mean that's two times now that game's gone into overtime and if if they do meet again 
and we'll make for another uh, another great game in the state tournament. Right. All right. And so then uh, Ray's going to hit on Lindbergh and Ledoux. Yeah. So uh, another real big game on Saturday night was the uh, Ledoux Lindbergh game. Um, when those two teams had matched up previously earlier in the season, uh, Lindbergh uh, came back and I believe won twelve to eight, um, defeating Ledoux. This time, this game was a completely different game. Uh, Ledoux ended up winning this game six to one in what ended up being a defensive battle. But just uh, just watching the game from my perspective, you could tell. I mean, it, <laughs> Ledoux, Ledoux was pumped up and they were ready to play. I mean, overall for the weekend, Ledoux had a great weekend. Uh, they had a, they had. A good performance against Slew High earlier in the day, and they came out ready to go, wanting to win real badly against against Lindbergh. So um, they got six goals. The scoring was spread out amongst the team, held Lindbergh to only one goal, and that, that's another. So now Ledoux walks into the district tournament three, Lindbergh two, and so there's a chance those teams will meet again in districts. Both teams having one one game over the course of the season. So uh, the third, the third, third matchup will be the one that decides everything if it, if it ends up happening uh, to go to the state championship. So um, it's fun, fun game. I mean, fun game to watch. And uh, kudos to Ledoux, great, great performance. Right, I agree. Um, and so then the championship game um, uh, set itself up well. Obviously, uh, St. Louis U High versus uh, St. Xavier um, from Cincinnati. For those of you that don't know, um, they are actually currently in their. Club season, right? Because their high school season is in the fall, um, and there was a, a great article. Um, actually, I guess we probably should talk about articles at some point. But there's a great article in STL today. They kind of looked at it as kind of their last hurrah for their seniors. Um, so I'm not really sure what type of training they've been doing um, at this current point in time. But um, obviously, they made the trip. Um, we got to see them early in the morning, Parkway West, that is, um, and you know they kind of put us away at, at, at about the second quarter. So. Pretty exciting to see those two matched up. Um, I love watching games like that. You know, it's it's high level, big boy water polo, and and I think it's really good for the area to see what we can you know what we can aspire to be. So, yeah. So Saint X won that game twelve to nine. I mean, it was a game of runs. I think Slough High went up four to one, and then uh, Saint Xavier scored I think six goals in a row, caused Coach Ball to take a timeout. Then Slough scored a couple goals, and it kept going. Going back and forth. I mean, uh, Saint X ended up winning twelve to nine, but I, 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 and also I've seen some talk on the forums. I, I think that's a game that could go either way. I, I, I mean, there's been some assertions that Saint X is a much better team, and they definitely had some kids that could swim extremely well. Uh, Patrick Hudak, who was who was highlighted in that Post Dispatch article, um, who's going to Iona and was Ohio's Player of the Year, was certainly a force to be reckoned with, but. Um, I've seen those kids before playing for Marlins Club at some of the JO qualifiers. And that's, I mean, depending on the year, obviously this year St. X, X came away with a win. But I think I think we in the St. Louis area, our top team or teams can play with them. And as, as was mentioned on the forum, I'd, I'd love to see that game played again. Um, hopefully they can come back down next year. But um, overall, overall, great game. Right, totally agree. Uh, they had definite size and speed. Um, they were all huge. Uh-huh. And they were all, all relatively fast. 
And, and again, I think maybe towards the end, SLU ran, ran out of steam. Um, again, with all these tournaments, I always say the kind of interesting thing, and this kind of piggybacks off the Lindbergh-Ledoux game, um, you know, districts is one game a day, you know, you, you know, and, and these tournaments, you know, part of the thing that you've got to do through these tournaments is figure out how am I going to rest guys so that, you know, if we move on, this is a must-win game or this is a game we want to win, I've got to be well-rested for it, so on and so forth. Um, size of team. Uh, ability of, of people that, that sit on your bench and stuff like that play a huge role um, in games like this. Whereas when we roll into districts, you know, you might be able to Iron Man, you know, with six or seven guys and 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 have a totally different outcome than playing in a second or a third game of the day. So kind of piggybacking off Ray, I'd be interested to see how that Slew Xavier matchup would go um, fresh, you know, head to head. Same with the Lindbergh Ledoux game. You right. know, I feel like that might might be a little bit closer, um, you know, if everybody was fresh head to head. So um, should be interesting. Yeah. A couple other couple other things I'll highlight about the tournament. Um, once again, St. Patrick's came down from Chicago, and that was. Uh, Fun team to see down here. I think they matched up well with uh, some of the middle of the pack teams in in the tournament. Uh, I, w- I was impressed with uh, Jack O'Rourke, who was a, a sophomore for St. Pat's. Um, it, I mean, he, he had a real nice shot, and I think hopefully, as I said, they'll keep coming down the next couple of years, and we'll be able to see him and his teammates grow. It was, it was a younger team, but um, I like the way they conducted themselves, and uh, it's always great to have visiting teams down. All right, and to kind of finish up our talk with uh, Lindbergh Invitational, uh, we're going to go ahead and name our team of the week um, and our team of the week this week. Uh, we've kind of held off um, towards the end here, um, and that's going to be St. Louis U High. Ray, you want to you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so SLU, SLU's had a great season, as we all know, um, taking the number one seed now both in the varsity tournament as well as the JV tournament. Uh, they had a really strong past week. Uh, they beat Parkway West 12-4. to They beat Parkway South 12-1. Uh, they beat 11-6 to over Ledoux. Um, with that five-goal differential was the closest anybody's come to them thus far in St. Louis this year. And then that 12th to 9 loss uh, they ended the tournament with to St. X in a, in a great played game. Um, so, I, I mean, we you've heard a lot about SLU's team. I mean, one of the reasons why they uh, continue to be the number one team in the area is just because they're deep with some very good players. I mean, you've heard names tossed around like Joe Jelinek, who's definitely going to be up there among some of the top offensive players in the area. Uh, Nick Mattingly scored two goals in that St. X game, and uh, it was real strong for them at two-meter. Um, they also have a really strong uh, defensive presence. Uh, Thomas Nordman uh, played a great game against St. X, and it leads the area currently in assists, as well as John Burke. And then I, we could go on and on about some of their other players, including people like Brandon Trussler, co-captain uh, Luke Smith, another senior uh, Jacob Fields, who had a great game in the St. X game as well. So um, definitely leaving people off here. Uh, but overall, um, congrats to them on another strong regular season as they try and go back for another state title. All right. All right. And uh, rolling into our top ten, uh, we're not going to do a traditional top ten. We, uh, If you know, the, the coaches' seed meeting was on Sunday. So um, all of the uh, JV and varsity coaches met at uh, St. Louis U High. And we all kind of set our piece on where we thought we should have been seated. Um, and then we went ahead and voted. And, and so that was decided that particular day. And that was has been released. I think it's on my water polo already. Um, and I'm sure you can find it online um, if you look. So instead of doing the traditional top ten, we were going to talk about the, uh, um, the, the bracket. So I'm going to let Ray hit it. So uh, the, way, the way this works is Thursday uh, there's going to be play-in games. So it looks like there's going to be six play-in games 
Um, for then, the eight games are going to be played on Saturday, uh, currently scheduled to be played at Lindbergh. So uh, we're going to talk. We're going to talk specifically, I think, about the eight games on Saturday and mention a few of those playing games. So uh, the number one seed, as we already mentioned, is going to be Slew High, um, and they'll play the winner of Ford Zumwalt West, John Burroughs. Um, once again, congrats to Slew on another uh, number one seed overall. Uh, and then the next next game, which I think could be a real interesting one, is number eight Marquette will play number nine Clayton. Uh, so as, as we've talked about previously, uh, Clayton hasn't played too many of these top top tier teams, so it's hard to get an idea of of where that team matches up. They played Chaminade last night, uh, Monday night, and won by one goal. Um, so. I mean, that, that, that game's going to be a close, close game. Uh, Marquette, uh, as we've mentioned, they've, we know they've got Trevin Swifel, who's played really well for them. I think silently, you've seen also Solomon Cohen, who leads the area in saves and save percentage, is doing a great job for them in goal, as well as a great job by their coaches, Tim Mosby and Scott Summers. So I'm, I'm really excited. I, I think that game, uh, Marquette against Clayton, could go either way. It could be a, a real close one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next game, uh, DeSmet takes the number five seed. And they will play the winner of Summit and CBC. And most likely, that will be CBC. And uh, that CBC to Summit could also be an interesting game. They played earlier in the season. Uh, CBC lost to Summit 15-10. to But uh, Coach Shilinoff always does a great job getting his team ready to play. That could very well be another another game to watch. Uh, and then on rounding out the top half of the bracket, Parkway West took the number four seed. And they'll play the winner of Lafayette Oakville. Um I mean, we, we've talked about the Lafayette invite where uh, Parkway West won against Lafayette 6-4. to four. So if those two match up again, that could be an interesting matchup. But uh, congrats to the Longhorns, another great regular season taking the number four speed. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I totally agree with all that. Uh, then uh, the lower half of the bracket, uh, number three, Ledoux, will play the winner of Kirkwood in Eureka. Um, I saw yesterday Ledoux play Kirkwood and beat them relatively easily but Ledoux's playing strong as we head into the end of the season and uh so that so we'll see how that one goes but they're, they're looking pretty good right now uh the next game down on the bracket number six Parkway South will play the winner of Chaminade and Melville uh if it is Chaminade which is what is to be expected uh Parkway West against Chaminade could be another great game earlier in the season Chaminade lost to Parkway South, 12-11 to 11 at the Smet Invite, one goal game. So I think those teams are ready to see each other again and could, could make for a good game. Uh, the other game that's currently set is Parkway North is the 10 seed. We'll play Parkway Central, um, who's currently ranked number 7. Uh, Central has beaten Parkway North twice this season, once 12-11 at the quad. Um, they also, uh, Central won 18-14 during the regular season. I mean, we've it's, it's always said that beating a, a team three times in a season is something that's always hard to do. Um, I'm sure Coach showing off will have Parkway Central ready, but um, as I said, those two teams have seen each other and know each other other well. And then uh, last last game on Saturday, Lindbergh takes the number two seed. It will play the winner of Panville MICDS. So uh, those are your eight games on Saturday. I mean, it is. As I mentioned, I, I think there's very few games of those eight that you know for sure who the winner is going to be. I think the, a couple of these games, as I mentioned, could go 
either way, that's exactly what you want as we reach the end of the season. Right. We want competitive games. Totally agree. Um, so it should be action-packed day at Limburg. Uh, we invite you guys out to uh, check those games out. Um, there is a, I think there's an admission fee. I'm not sure what that is off the top of my head. Um, but games do start, I think, at 8.30 a.m. and are rolling through pretty much all day until about, I think the last game's at 5.15. Is that right? Yep. Okay. yep. Um, go ahead. Real quickly, and uh, so there will also be programs as usual for, uh, for these games. Definitely check them out. Um, definitely some work's gone into putting those together and uh, there's a number of people who put ads in the booklet so always take a look at that we appreciate any support um, for water polo in the area right and uh, if you'd like to get a copy of the bracket uh, we'll make sure that it gets posted on on mo water polo if it is not already there we haven't checked um all right, and outside of the high school water polo world, um, I know there was a, kind of a big announcement. I'm going to let Ray take that because he's actually involved with it, so go ahead. So uh, one other exciting piece of news that came out this last week was that USA Water Polo named their national awards for the year, and uh, they named uh, as USA Water Polo's Men's Masters Club of the Year uh, the Clayton men's team from here in St. Louis. So uh, that was an extremely exciting announcement just because uh, there's a ton of men's masters teams throughout the country and most of the time that awards goes to one of the teams out in california but um as as we all know all this area clayton clayton men's water polo um does does a lot is a great team Um, i mean especially for anyone any high schoolers that are graduating i mean definitely think about uh if you want to keep playing clayton men's is a great great opportunity to do so uh for the last number of years alan stiffelman has done a really really great job of, of leading that team and uh, making sure um, it continues to represent our area well. So just want to throw a shout out to Alan as well as everybody on Clayton men's team. Um, I, I have a great time playing with them. Um, so congratulations. It's great to see our area getting getting that kind of representation. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Um, so uh, that concludes kind of our introduction. Um, and so we're going to move on to our interview. Uh, originally, we, we've been working really hard to try and get uh, Hall of Famer Don Casey on. Um, unfortunately, doing uh, some scheduling conflicts and stuff, we were not able to um, to get him on, um, and we wanted to get something out, obviously, because district starts this Saturday. So um, we're, we've kind of postponed him till next week. We've got a time and a date set up for him. So he should be our guest on our next podcast. So um, one of the areas that we thought we don't talk too much about um, and is starting this Friday is the uh, the JV teams of the area. So we've decided that um, we invited um, two J. Two wonderful JV coaches, Brian Welch from Parkway West and John Penelia from uh, St. Louis U High. Unfortunately, Brian Welch couldn't make it tonight, so we'll just be interviewing um, Coach Penelia or Coach P, as we like to call him. Um, and we're going to touch on a whole bunch of things um, just related to JV water polo. We will talk a little bit about varsity water polo also, because obviously he's he's involved in that over St. Louis U High. So stay tuned for Coach Penelia. All right, so here we are with uh, Coach Penelia uh, from St. Louis U High, the JV coach. Coach, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, hey, always a pleasure, buddy. Uh, anyhow, so uh, we uh, we mentioned we wanted to have you on and, and talk a little bit about JV water polo. But before we do that, as with all of our guests, we like to learn a little bit about who they are. Um, and so I'm pretty sure that you started playing water polo uh, before high school. Is that correct? I did. So I started uh, the summer before my eighth grade. Uh, I started playing with Daisy. Okay, and Don was running the show then. Still is, obviously, but yeah, Don. So Don was 
kind of running the show, but I, Bart Prosser, the immortal Bart Prosser. <laughs> I have Bart. Hey, Bart taught me how to tread. So yeah, I mean, me too. Those were the good old days, right? So, um, so Bart was my coach there through Daisy, and then um, you know played Daisy all the way through high school, and went to SLU for played there for four years, and then uh, I went to St. Louis U my freshman year, and so that was before they had a team, so I didn't play my freshman year, but then I transferred. Yeah. Okay. For college, and then I transferred to Notre Dame and played. Three years undergrad and then a graduate year up there. So I had four years up college club at Notre Dame. Okay. And then you came back and my understanding. So you were kind of, you were out in the workforce as uh, an accountant. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. You kind of had a change of pace. Right. Yeah. So, so actually when I was at St. Louis U as a freshman, I, uh, I talked to coach Baud and coach Busenhardt at the time and, and kind of volunteered coaching. And so that was when I really first started coaching was right away. And then was helping with jungle cats in the summers and then just really enjoyed it. And in 2006, uh, before the 2006 school year, I, uh, yeah, I quit my job in accounting and, and went back to uh, work at St. Louis U High as a volunteer teacher. And you've been there ever since, right? I've been there ever since they pay me though now. So oh, they do. <laughs> well, that, that's good for your wife and your children. So it is, yeah. <laughs> anyhow, well, that's good. Um, and uh, so obviously the JV coach at uh, SLU, and you've been for quite some time, and we just wanted to talk a little bit about, we don't feel like we ever highlight the JV squads. We focus a lot on varsity. Um, I know that I, uh, I tease my, uh, my assistant, Brian Welch at West High. Um, he's kind of the unsung hero, as I say, because he gets the kids the first time around and develops them. And, and obviously I trust him, and I know Coach Baud trusts you to run your own practices and kind of do your own thing. So, you know, if you could maybe talk about a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, this year, this, so this is my 11th year. I would say this has been by far the most competitive year throughout JV, uh, which is awesome for just water polo in general in the area. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, with, you know, having the kids that, you know, and we're, we're really lucky, I think at SLU, uh, probably more so than at other schools where we, we have so many kids that come out, um, that some of the guys who, who might be playing varsity, at other schools are, are able to, to develop a little bit more on JV at St. Louis U High. Um, so I think that's really propelled our program uh, over the last five, seven, ten years or so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it definitely – there's definitely that development with the kids, you know. On that first day, there's some guys who are having their first day of water polo. And then this year, um, you know, there's some kids who have been playing for two or three years already. So – it's it's finding that that balance, kind of that least common denominator, and then kind of bringing everybody along. Right, and what, I mean, I, I would say, you know, from the from the club season, and I've coached the uh, the younger kids via Jungle Cats, and one of the things that that obviously I deal with high school varsity, but one of the things I like about coaching the younger kids is how quickly they do develop, um, and because it's such a new sport. Um, you know, you, you know, you get kids in basketball and soccer that have been playing for years. You don't see them improve within the, especially the high school level, because you're seeing these kids every day for an hour and a half, two hours every day. They're playing in 20 or 25 games. So I love to see the improvement from like day one when you get those kids that like struggle to tread and like shoot and do everything. And then by the end, you're like, oh my God, like, how right. did you get so good? So Right. And, and you know, to your point, even the, even that first week or first couple weeks before you even start games, there's just tremendous improvement. And and sometimes I even joke that the guys who, who come in who have played before are at a disadvantage because they've they've already had the chance to pick up some bad habits and, and <laughs> some things. Not that any of our kids at SLU have uh, habits, but uh um 
but it, it is nice to kind of have that clean slate and, and in a sense, just let that kind of athleticism of some of the kids take over and, and then they get to learn the sport. And I think most of them fall in love with it. Talk, talk a little bit about how, I mean, if you enjoy watching the kids that haven't played before trying water polo for the first time and then really seeing them come to enjoy it. I mean, I, I think of somebody like a Michael Krause who mm-hmm. um, graduated from Slough High last year, but didn't play water polo at all as a freshman. And now he's playing college at McHenry and, and loves the sport. So Yeah, there, there are some kids that we've had um, – and I, I joke with them to this day, and, and even with their parents, um, you know, going back a while even. So Michael Krause was one of them. Uh, Luke Tordowski was uh, a couple years ago as well. And before that, like Justin Ramakati. I mean, these were guys who who were making the team. I mean, and, you know, if I had 20 guys on the team, they were the 20th guy making the team. Um, and, again, it's kind of that athleticism. It's the competitive spirit that these guys have. And, um, you know, None of those three could swim very well. Um, I think Justin and um, Luke probably still can't swim very well. Um, but really, like I said, it's, it's their athleticism. It's their commitment to the sport and um, wanting to get better and push themselves. Yeah, and so it's, it's really rewarding to see them develop and push themselves really more than us pushing them to, to try to get better and, and do it. And, you know, it's not just those guys who, you know, I remember really well. I mean, it's – it's a lot of the kids who, who, like I said, their first day, they, it's their first day of water polo is, is the first day of the high school season. And just seeing them kind of figure it out and um, put in the hard work and, you know, they may not end up, some of them might not even end up playing varsity, but, but I know they've had positive experiences on JV. And I mean, a couple of our managers this year play two years of, of JV. They didn't um, continue on varsity, but, you know, they loved it enough that they want to be involved. They're managing, um, and had really good experiences with it. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about um, JV water polo as a whole in St. Louis this year, just because you already mentioned it. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've noticed this year that there's a lot of teams that are playing close games with each other, which could make for um, an extremely exciting JV tournament. Can you talk a little bit about some of the other teams that you've seen besides SLU that um, you think will definitely be um, in the hunt uh, this year? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, first and foremost, Ledoux, who um, who we saw over the weekend at their tournament, uh, they always do a great job hosting that. And um, you know, we we played them twice this year. Both games went to overtime. We got them the first time. They just got us this last week. Um, they're a great team, great coach. Um, you know, good depth. I think. I mean, they're another program that that you see just the numbers uh, and what kind of having um, lots of kids out on the team can do for a program is just, you know, it allows them to, I think, do a lot of different things. I know they did some, some games where they had kind of a C team and then a B team game as well throughout the year. So, I mean, that's, that's certainly a program that we're, we're looking out for. Um, we played Kirkwood a couple times. They, they, we beat them by one our first time. Um, and then we, we got them again this, this past weekend. And I think they may have been down a couple guys or something. Uh, I think that's what Brian was saying, maybe, uh, Charlie. So, so they're certainly a team to look out for Lindbergh. I know we saw earlier this year when I was up in Chicago and our assistant coach, Tom Ray was, was coaching the team. So they're a team to look out for. Uh, I mean, there's truthfully, I think there's three or four Parkway West obviously as well. Yeah. Coach, I was going to say, you, you <laughs> yes. forgot to mention us there. <laughs> 
but no, Parkway West, um, we played them twice, three times, and, and all games have been close. So, um, you know, like I said, some years uh, the competition hasn't quite been there, and, and this year I think there's um, three, four, maybe even five teams that, that are right in it this year, and I think could, any game could go any way. Yeah, I mean, you, you named the top five teams right there, and then even going like to six Parkway South, seven Parkway Central, mm-hmm. and just, like, just looking at this bracket, I mean, you, you could see what would be termed upsets all over the place. So um, definitely will be it's exciting to watch. And, and the, like, the, the brackets are going to be a little bit different this year, right? Because it's going to be one and done. And last year it was if you lost, you went to like the other the left side of the bracket, and you basically were guaranteed at least two games, more or less. Is that yeah, and I think was it even last year too? There were two brackets. Correct. So there was, so a, was two brackets, yeah. and there was a, and then you would go to a different bracket within those brackets. So right. So this uh, one models the the varsity one. I'd say right, a little bit more right. um, interesting. Note: Ray and I were talking about this earlier. I don't know if you know this, Coach P, but um, it looks like Raytown is uh, planning on coming back down for that. Right. Yeah. And so their team we haven't seen Parkway South, as as Ray mentioned, their team we haven't seen this year. That I know um, has played really well. Raytown, looking just looking at the scores uh, from that Lindbergh Invitational, they were they were playing those teams tight. So, yeah, I mean, maybe even when I said four or five teams, it could be like you said, Ray, six or seven that you know competitive games where it could be an upset in terms of the, the seeding, but those teams are pretty even. Right, and so just as a reminder, Raytown's a team from Kansas City, and I mean, so they're they're ranked the 10th seed coming in, but uh, really cool to see them wanting to participate this year. Um, and even more impressive, I guess, is the fact that JV games start on Friday. If you win on Friday, your next game is going to be on Monday. So um, I guess that team could potentially be driving to and from Kansas City multiple times over the course of the week to play in this tournament if they keep progressing. But, um, I, mean, I, I, I mean, I love seeing them in the tournament. So that's that's a great step. Right. Yeah, that's that is amazing. That's what our, our AD was saying um, I, when I talked to him on Thursday or Friday. He was talking about how they wanted to get in it and that they were going to drive four hours here and four hours back for, for the game. So that's wow. <laughs> they love some that's polo. Some, that's good. Yeah. Um, all right. So we want to transition a little bit. Um, we uh, we want to roll into some varsity talk. So um, obviously, uh, you guys have had a pretty good season, um, and uh, we want to know your thoughts. How are the boys feeling? Kind of rolling into the uh, the district tournament. Uh, Coach Bod won't let me talk about oh. it. So, <laughs> you know, um, That's what we. I'm sure. I know you're kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you know, I I know that they were. You know, obviously, I was at Ladue for our tournament for the most part over the weekend, but I know that they they played really well at Lindbergh, and I was able to see that that final game against St. X, and they played really well. I mean, both teams played really well, and. Um, that was a, an imposing team to, to shake hands with after the game. Charlie, I know you guys played them. Um, well, I, I, and I had kind of talked to Coach Baud. He was, he was teasing me. I think uh, Tressler and uh, uh, I always call him Skip. Why, Nordman. Uh, Nordman are your captains. And when they went up to the, <laughs> right. uh, when right. they went up to the, the captains meeting, they were definitely a little bit outsized. Yeah, Thomas is that. like five foot four, yeah. I think, and 100 pounds. So right. um, he, he's not imposing by any stretch of the imagination, but no, they, they played really well. And I mean, if you were those who were able to see the game, you know, we, we threw a bunch of different looks at them and um, we had some success at varying parts of the game, but 
you know, they, they were a little bit bigger and a little bit faster than uh, we were probably a little bit used to. And um, they got us in the end. But I, I think, you know, we were certainly excited about how well our kids competed against them. Well, this is more of a philosophical question, but I mean, so when you see a team like that, I mean, like that team, I, I mean, I, I think there was compare. I mean, as I said before, there's, there's comparable water polo talent between those two teams, but clearly if, if you had a swim meet between those two teams, St. X would win. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just, just from, just from, I mean, like swimming in, in its role in water polo, I mean, it, you often hear about some of these other states, Illinois and such, having more swimmers playing in, in water polo. I mean, I guess, but I guess where I'm going is like, how do you, how do you approach a game like that? And B, why why do you think that swimming isn't necessarily as big of a role here in St. Louis, or is there something that they do that maybe we don't to why they have better swimmers? If you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. You know what what they do differently than, um, than us. If it's, I mean, certainly one thing that helped them was, you know, six, six and, uh, 210 pounds, but, but, um, you know, that's, for that's us, almost me though, coach. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> yeah. I'm certainly not swimming at speed. <laughs> trick, right? What are you talking about? Um, but no, you know, I think philosophically, philosophically going into a game like that, you know, one thing that we obviously wanted to rely on was, you know, the strength of our, our depth a little bit. So, you know, being able to roll nine or 10 guys and try to keep the guys as fresh as possible. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, I know you guys have talked about this with other guests in the past, whether it's just the availability of pool time or, um, better facilities or, um, or what it is, but, but yeah, they, they certainly had the speed advantage on us. And, and so I think that was why we were trying to do, some some things tactically to just try to slow them down or, or just give them different looks that that got us back in that game. Uh, you know, I guess it was probably early in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, I mean, in the end, you know, this the speed their speed got us, and it wasn't necessarily just their speed. You know, because as both of you guys know, I mean, you can have a fast team but not a skilled team. Um, I mean, those guys were quick, and when they got the ball, they knew what they were going to do with it. And they could throw at about 500 miles per hour. So, um, I mean, they, I mean, that was a team that was just impressive kind of all around. Well, Coach, you know, I obviously stuck around for the game. It was a fun game to watch. I thought I thought the boys uh, played well. Uh, and I, I agree, Xavier had definitely had a size and speed advantage. But um, you guys put up a fight. And it was, we mentioned this earlier in the podcast, kind of rolling into districts, a game like that. For you guys, uh, I guess for them, it was third game of the day. So it would be interesting to see the matchup fresh on a Saturday night sure. in front of a, in front of a, a full crowd. So, yeah. And I, I, I think, you know, to your point, just about them being there and um, rolling into districts, I think any team that got to play them and really that whole weekend is, you know, I know you guys talked about it last week, how um, I guess, I think Andy was talking about how these tournaments are kind of a, a last chance for the coaches to, to make their case at the rankings, but it's, you know, I mean, the quality competition at, at you know, where we were at Ledoux for JV and, Lindbergh for varsity is just it's an awesome way to to get ready and say okay here's where we are you know with two weeks to go and this is where we want to be and how do we get there right definitely all right uh, all right well coach p it looks like uh we've got you in action against uh clayton at 5 30 on friday uh, at kirkwood high so we want to wish you guys luck and uh hope you guys have a successful end of the season and pass our luck on to coach bond at the varsity level too and wish him luck so we appreciate you coming on 
yeah thanks so much guys this was fun and that concludes our Nearside Low podcast for this week. Please make sure to visit Missouri Water Polo and vote for our latest Snapchat contest. We look forward to seeing everybody at the JV District Tournament this weekend as well as the Varsity District Tournament this weekend. All game times and locations can be found at Missouri Water Polo. <laughs>